What's up, guys? Welcome to Coupleners Podcast with your hosts, Matt Chartrick and myself, Peter Fenura. This podcast is where we tackle current health news and hot news topics one conversation at a time. Uh, thank you guys for following. Thank you guys for tuning in on this beautiful day. Uh, we are in Chicago, and uh, we, have our eyes set on, we have our eyes set on California in September. So all you California fans, we'll see you sometime in September. Maybe, perhaps September. Before fall. We want to leave before fall. But like I said, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for being with us. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your likes, your comments, your subscriptions. And yeah, how's it going, Matthew? Great, man. And don't forget, guys, that rating, especially on Apple, give us a five-star. And we would appreciate it if you guys actually wrote something and commented. It helps so much. You guys have no idea. And since Peter spilled the beans about travel nursing, yeah, we're planning on going before fall, which is September 23rd. And while we're going to be doing all of that, we're going to be vlogging the whole entire experience from being in Chicago, setting up for travel nursing to actually being there. We're trying to find a cameraman right now. It's going to happen. I think we've, we have a pretty good team. It's not a very big team, but it's a good team. A lot of good, good members. You know, um, there's more of there's more a couple of nurses than just me and Matt. Yeah. You know, we have a few friends that also work, work along with us, and they've been with us this, this whole um, journey here, and they're going to be with us for the rest of the journey until one of us dies at the age of 97. <laughs> yeah. There you go, man. Uh, let's get into COVID episode 13. 11. 13. 13. Time is flying by. That's what I'm saying, man. It was like episode five last time. I feel like we shouldn't call it COVID anymore because we're just going into different stuff and current health news, whatever you want to call it, man. But COVID yeah. is still a crisis that's happening. And globally, we're at 16.6 million cases and 655,000 deaths. U.S. alone, we got 4.4 million with 150,000 deaths. And some states that are impacted mostly by COVID. I don't know if you want to go through all the numbers, but we got Cali at number one, which is at 466,000 and 8.4K deaths. New York is in second place. We want to call it second place, man. Competition for the most deaths here. There is. Um, 440,000 with 32,000 deaths. So high mortality rate there. And Florida, number three, with 432,000 and 5.9K deaths. And Texas, New York are not too far behind, man. They're not. They're not. And, like, it's crazy because, like, if you look at the numbers, like, New Jersey and New York are always hit the hardest. And that's kind of how New York is... In general, even with like swine flu, they got they got hit pretty hard as well. Not as hard as they got with with COVID nineteen, but it's just just so dense. Like New York is, it is a big city, but there's nowhere room to grow. The only way you could add buildings or add population size is to build up. That's when New York has a lot of skyscrapers because they they can't build horizontally; they have to build vertically. You know, and that's unfortunately hit them the hardest, and it's still hit them the hardest out of out of everybody. Yeah, and speaking of COVID. It's interesting because me and Peter went out yesterday to downtown to grab a drink. And it's interesting how much COVID impacted things, you know. Very, very strict in the city here in Chicago where the max table you can get to grab drinks is a table of six. And you cannot stand up and go talk to the people at that table. They will tell you right away to go sit down regardless if you have a mask or not. Mm -hmm. So they're very, very strict. I think our mayor signed that law where six max Lori Lightweight. Lori Lightweight, yeah. And it's not even, like, police that are coming and enforcing. They have, like, these little secret shoppers, like, in the hospitals for hand soap. And they're keeping track of this. So it sucks, man. Honestly, 
the reason why I kind of came back to Chicago after travel nursing was to kind of experience the whole vibe of going out and hanging out with friends and, you know, grabbing a drink, and that's all out the window, man. I, there's no point for me to go to the city anymore. One, because you cannot even really socialize, and two, they just took down on Christopher Columbus statue, man. Yeah, man. There's all a that lot statue. of shit happening. Yeah, speaking of that, like, the whole Italian... Because Christopher Columbus came from... Basically, was funded by Italy. So the whole Italian community in the Chicagoland area is super upset about it because that statue wasn't really... The statue wasn't there to, um, like, shine a light on Christopher Columbus. It was put there as, like, respect for the Italian community for all that the Italian people did for the United States because Italian, Italians literally helped build the United States. As a matter of fact, they helped build Chicago itself. Like, Chicago at one point was dominated by Italian people. Like, if you guys remember in, in history and... I mean, if you guys don't, I'm sure you guys don't really know Chicago history, but a big portion of Chicago history was the Italian mob. The Italian, at one point, the Italian mob basically ran Chicago. Yep. And if you guys know the whole, whole Kennedy situation, um, there's rumors out there that the Italian mob actually helped get Kennedy elected. That's why he became president. Interesting. And then, you know, he obviously got assassinated, but they're very upset. They're calling for Lori Lightweight, as, as they call her, to um, step down because... I mean, it, it's not, it's not super disrespectful, like to me, I guess. But the fact, the thing that makes me upset is we took like an L as a city, because we basically let the riders decide what's gonna happen. Yeah, and they took a statue yeah. down because there was people protesting it. So you technically gave them the victory. Mm -hmm. And most of these kids, because I talked to a police detective, they're just punk ass kids, man, from the south side and the west side. And they're the ones that are tearing up the city and freaking vandalizing things and beating people up and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. if you, if they see that victory, this is only gonna empower them to do more. Oh yeah, and yeah, these huge win for them. And these aren't these peaceful protests. Like it's interesting because on the, on the news, you're like, oh yeah, cops are doing this and this is like bad. They're sending you know Trump assessment out and things like that. Like they're not showing the full picture of what these people are vandalizing and doing and hurting the city or attacking the cops. I have people that, I, I was talking to somebody in the gym today and he got um, four stitches in his skull because somebody, while I was making arrests, somebody smacked them in. Yeah. Like I'd be all for it if it was like a statue of somebody commemorating slavery. Christopher Columbus statue wasn't there saying, hey, slavery was good at one point. No, Christopher Columbus statue is there as like a, as gratitude to the Italian community for doing what, what they did with Chicago. And like we said, Lori Lightfoot, you know, just basically give a big W. Like, what, what's going to be next? Are we going to take down every monument? What are they going to put up in, in, in its place? We're going to leave like a blank space there? Like, a lot of tourists came there to take a look at it. It was, it was a big tourist destination. Now, what, are they going to leave it empty? What are they going to put there that's going to be significant? Like, some random piece of artwork? Yeah. Like, you know? and, and we have to look, like, you know, history is not, like, people shouldn't feel, I don't want to say embarrassed, but I don't want to, people shouldn't feel anger towards something that's being represented in history because you know we took the initiative to finally end slavery and it happened right mm -hmm. that should be that's that's a historical moment that's remembered unfortunately slavery did happen and that's a part of history we cannot erase that's exactly true so, so I, like you know how you make mistakes and you do stuff and you regret it and you change your your mind or and you, you mature right so history is basically like the world maturing yeah History is basically a slap in the face, you know, for for the past, basically. You, you learn from it. That's what history is. Same with, like, with your past. Like, you used to do, do some stuff that 
you look back on it like, why did I do that? Yeah. I learned from that, right? That's what history is. Yeah, and a good example is just like being in a relationship, you know? If somebody crossed your path and you know that this person carried these personality traits and they cheated on you, I'm not saying you should judge every person the next time you're in a relationship, but understand what happened mm -hmm. and don't be naive about what you were experiencing and letting it go. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, before yeah. I hop in, like one more point about this, because this it, really man. gets me on edge. Like, like I mentioned time, history is basically like a lesson to the world. So if you guys or if people keep trying to forget that slavery existed or not give recognition to to slavery and how and what it was and how it impacted the world eventually there's going to be people down the line that are going to not know that slavery existed and if people don't understand that slavery existed they're doomed to repeat the history yes because if you try to wipe out the history of slavery from you know from history books eventually someone's child is not going to know that slavery existed and that person might come to power and say, hey, why don't we try slavery? No one's ever tried slavery. But in fact, people have tried slavery and it was a horrible idea. Yeah. But if nobody knows about it and nobody knows how bad it was, then, then you know, people are gonna repeat it. And that's when shit hits the fan again. Yeah. With and like whole um, communism and socialism and, and Marxism and all that. Like it's coming back up. Like did you guys not realize how bad communism and socialism and Marxism was centuries ago? Like do you guys not see these countries crumble, you know? Yeah. And who became dominant power down in the states. Look Why? at because Venezuela. We have, yeah, because we have democracy. So it's like, it's crazy, dude. Peter's freaking hyped about this stuff. See, we're, not, we're not even going into COVID things, but we're just talking about this. And last thing I wanted to mention is... We're going to go into Trump because I forgot. I, mention. I wanted to mention something. Um, slavery. I'm blanking out here. We'll continue. So Trump, he signed four executive orders to lower drug prices. And this was on July 26th. For some reason, it didn't make it to the news barely anywhere. And if it did, it, they were completely discrediting the poor guy. Yeah, is that um, crazy how that works? Like, yeah. you know, like whatever. I mean, I'm not the biggest Trump supporter or biggest Trump fan yeah, in, by, by any means. But he does like these small little things or he says uh, he says something smart or just says like a remark. And that's all over the news. Trump said this. Trump said that. on all the news stations on Reddit and all social media. But, you know, he signs an executive order that lowers drug prices and I could barely find it, dude. Yeah. That just shows you that the media doesn't want you to be informed. It's telling you how to think. Mm. The media never says these are the facts. No, Susie, this is what's happening. This is how you should think about the situation. And then we have all these reactive individuals instead of, you know, I'm not going to flaunt our podcast here, but we, we give you guys the information that we decipher. You know, we talk about this. We break it down. We give you guys the facts and we allow you guys to stay curious and formulate your own opinion. Yeah. Not the news where it's saying, this is what's going on, this is bad, and that's it, you know? Yeah. Like, there's no ifs, buts, and like, what ifs. Yeah, and it's okay to have your own opinion. Like, just because you're a friend, there's a whole, this whole tribalism thing going on. So we have a tendency to have the same views or kind of adhere to the same views as our friends or our peers or our social group. You know, like, it's okay to have different opinions. Like, me and Matt have different opinions about things. Me and Matt have different outlooks on politics, but, you know, we're not killing each other because, like, we understand that it's okay to have different opinions. Yeah. Like, we saw on Facebook somebody posted, supposedly Obama gave, like, medal, some kind of a medal to Epstein, which looks Photoshop. Yeah. But, you know, people share that, and people that are, that are like, these so close social groups and this whole tribalism going on, they're going to share it, and they're going to keep passing it on, on as, as the truth without doing any kind of research because yeah. it's tribalism. So whatever my friend says, 
I believe. Yep. And what if I believe, next person is going to believe. And if they don't believe in that, well, then guess what? They're either not our friends or they don't know what's going on. Yeah. So it's just like this. It's We're at like a place right now where if you're not having a similar opinion as like Silicon Valley or a similar opinion to like what's going on in California or in these big states, then like people try to put you down and they try to suck you into this whole tribalism thing. But it's completely okay to have your own opinion. Like no one's, no one's 100% right. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, as humans, you're probably right like 20% of the time. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing tribalism on a large scale in America right now, man, yeah. where it's like, this is what's happening. If you don't support it, oh, well, you might be a nemesis to society. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the first thing that he signed is uh, price setting. So internationally, there's an index that proposes things, prices, negotiates things. In Australia and in Great Britain, if you have a drug, the government is negotiating the price. They're, they want the research and most governments across the world are paying a lot less for medications than we are. Mm. Yet here, we're letting private companies negotiate the prices instead of the government. So hopefully Trump, and I, I think this is just for Medicare at the moment, yep. Medicare reimbursements. So hopefully it starts spreading. If you have a private insurance, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, this like is not going to um, affect you. But this is a freaking great step toward the right direction mm. because we're finally taking the power away from these big pharma companies and that's what's been going down. Mm. So he's cutting that. He's, he's gonna let the government to step in, get involved and start negotiating prices on some of these drugs. Yeah, and that's a wonderful thing because even though it's just Medicare alone, well guess what, that's, that's gonna be, that amount that they save is gonna be cut from the, um, the budget that the, that the Fed has. And that money could be allocated somewhere for, I'm not sure where it's gonna get allocated or how much they're exactly going to save, but that money can be put somewhere else. Yep. Or they don't have to increase our taxes next year or income tax or, you know, even though it's not going to be a huge chunk, it's going to be still millions and millions of dollars. It's not going to be billions or trillions, but still that could be allocated somewhere else. Exactly. Like maybe mental health, you know, you never know where they're going to put it. Invest in our damn schools, bro. Yeah. For real. And number, I'll tell you number two because I got this one. And so number, number two was basically it permits us to import medications from Canada. There's pharmaceutical manufacturing in Canada that can produce these medications at a lower cost, or they have these off-brands that do the same thing. Because I mean, we have an episode on on a uh, pharmaceutical industry way back when, maybe like episode like in the 30s, 40s. We're not exactly sure. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes. But we have an episode where it goes in depth on on how these drugs are manufactured. So a good takeaway is when these companies create these medications, they get like a patent on these meds. So if they have the right to distribute the medication and them only for an X amount of years. And then you get those off-label brands after X amount of years because it takes a lot of money to, to get research for these drugs because they're basically taking them, they're basically taking these, these drugs and kind of making them out of thin air. You know, they, yeah. gotta come, they gotta create them themselves. So that's a really heavy cost burden. And some of them, they don't even work. So the government gives them a lot of tax breaks, a lot of kickbacks, and then they have a patent for X amount of years until they become profitable. And then after X amount of years, then we get these off-label brands. Yeah. They are basically the same drug, but but different company, and then then we kind of could compete for these these costs. So what what part of the executive order is doing is allowing us to import drugs from Canada that are off label, but they're the same drugs, and that's going to lower drug prices like, as well. Like generic, like Generics. just like Tylenol, you have. I'm sorry, like for example, um, ibuprofen. You know, you have um, naproxen, you have Advil, and you have a bunch of little manufacturers. Why pay? And I'm spitballing random numbers here to give you guys examples. Don't quote us on this. You know, if you're paying 40 bucks a pill, that's the same chemical background and the same 
uh, mechanism of action, why not pay 20 bucks if you can, and it's a, just a different company that's selling it for less. Right. So yeah, and the third one, so this is interesting and this gets tricky and we're gonna break down what pharmacy benefit managers are, they're called PBMs and that's where we'll start working, but they're the middlemen between the companies that are producing the drugs and you. So you have the drug manufacturer, and then you have the PBMs, which they control, I think, 80% of employer-sponsorship medications. Okay. So those are companies like CVS, all these, um, there's a few of them. But let's just use uh, CVS as an example. So they're a PBM, and they're gonna negotiate the price between the company and them. And then from there, they're gonna determine the price of the actual prescription and okay. how much you get rebates for your drug. So back in the day, or currently, um, Trump gave, I think, pharmaceutical uh, companies August 24th to decide till he signs this executive order. So this one is still on the, the podium of to be, to be determined. But basically, the PBM, CVS, went up to um, a company and bought a specific drug, so but gave them discounts. So, so these companies are saying that the problem why prices are expensive is because of these PBMs like CVS. They're so basically, so let me get this straight, because you did a, a fair amount of research. So PBMs basically negotiate how much they're going to buy medications off the medical manufacturers, right? Yeah. They negotiate the drug manufacturer and pricing. So they control okay. the spending. So they basically buy, buy, they basically figure out the cost, what they're going to buy medication for, yeah. and then they figure out the cost, what they're going to sell this medication for to us. Yeah. So, okay. so they determine the cost to the insurers and they shape the access to the patient whether they get the access for it. Mm -hmm. so, back, so what number three does is CVS was able to discount and give rebates to a drug company. Trump is gonna remove that and he's saying start giving rebates to the people that are purchasing the drugs. Mm -hmm. So it's a completely reshape and this has never been, this never happened, you know? Yeah. So it might be a crazy impact. I don't know what you know, PBMs are going to do but they aren't federally regulated. And we've, I've never heard, even heard of PBMs up until, you know, the president mentioned them, right? Like yeah. I, when he said the middlemen, I was like, there's middlemen between pharmacy and, and pharmaceutical companies. I was like, I didn't know that thing existed. Yep. I thought just the pharmacy just gets medication from the pharmaceutical company and then they negotiate the cost and that's it. But there's actually like, like a third party middleman that actually does this negotiating. Yeah. And just for food for thought, like the, the pharmaceutical industry in 2019 was $1.3 trillion. Like th th this is a freaking giant, mm -hmm. man. And it's not federally regulated. And it's been the Wild West for quite some time now. And I feel like no president, not, you know, I feel, you know, it's messed up that we have to kind of say that we're not for somebody mm -hmm. because people are going to think different of us, right? That's messed up that I want to congratulate Trump on this, but I have to say, well, I'm not supporting him fully. That's messed up, man. That's, that's the whole thing about opinion, man. That's the whole mindset of, it's tribe mindset, mm -hmm. right? Everybody has a tribe of, hey, this guy is bad, but if we speak good, we're technically like, the, we're gonna get outcasted mm -hmm. in a way, right? That's how, that's how it's feeling. So right now, talking through his microphone, I'm feeling a social pressure obligated to say, well, I'm not supporting him, you know? Mm -hmm. That's messed up, man. Isn't that crazy? Food for thought. But anyways, um, what PBMs do and what roles they have, um, the big three, which I wanted to mention earlier, was Access Scripts, CVS, and Optum. So these are the big players here, right? So they develop lists and they determine the out-of-pocket cost of drugs. You, we always thought that these drug manufacturers do that, but here's the middlemen and they actually negotiate the prices. Yeah. And they negotiate the prices between 
the, um, the actual um, insurance company. So it's not even the drug industry, uh, the manufacturers technically. And this is the argument that they're, that they're saying is that PBMs are forcing them to raise prices. That's so crazy because like it's PBMs are basically controlling the pricing because the insurance doesn't see how much the pharmacy is selling or sorry, this is insane because the insurance doesn't see how much the pharmaceutical company is getting for the negotiations that the PBMs make. Yep. The PBMs just tell the insurance, hey, this is how much it's gonna cost. You know, they could have got it for for half the cost, but there's no communication between insurance and the pharmaceutical company. It's just the PBM doing all the talking. Yeah. They're doing all the negotiating between all, between all three. Yep. And that's where, you know, if they play their cards away, if they negotiate properly, guess what? They could get nice, nice little bonuses, nice little payments because no one's communicating between these 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 all these these players and and if you want anything to go through to the patient or to the person that's coming to the counter, you have to go through the PBMs because they are the people that you're going to talk to to get pharmaceuticals, not the pharmaceutical company, just the PBMs. That's crazy. Yeah, man. So it's like we don't even see the middleman. I don't know who the middleman was, and I feel like I'm a, we're smarter individuals. We didn't even know about this until mm-hmm. we start doing some research and digging things up, and you're like, whoa, this stuff exists. You know, it's mind blowing. Yeah, I should got a should when that career dude would have been making bank. I know. You never know, man. We maybe we'll step into politics. Fourth yeah. one, um, insulin prices, huge thing, and epipens. We noticed how epipens were going through the roof, right? Mm-hmm. Pe- I think even people are quoting they were holding on to expired ones yeah. because that's all they have. They they couldn't get access to that. So this is more about the senior citizens and basically Medicare. They want to drive down Medicare payments and cap insulin monthly um, payments only thirty five dollars. Only, yeah, I think it, it cuts down their monthly by like twenty to forty dollars, which doesn't seem like a lot. And if you break it down for a year, it's only gonna be like anywhere between two hundred dollars and four hundred dollars a year that they're saving each individual. Doesn't seem like a lot, but if you take into the perspective that this is for Medicare patients and there's millions of Medicare patients, so just because it doesn't seem like it's saving a lot of money for one individual, it's saving a lot of money for the healthcare system. And like I said before, this money could be allocated somewhere. Maybe this money could be given to uh, to support other drugs instead of in- insulin, because now all drugs are are you know approved by by Medicare. Yeah. You know, and maybe you know you could they can balance the budget a little bit differently. But it doesn't seem like a lot per person, like the 20, 20, 30, 20 to forty dollars, and only like two hundred to four dollars a year of, of saving. Not a lot. You know, I could spend two hundred dollars like within a f- few minutes if I, if I wanted to, and it doesn't go very far. But like I said, if you take these millions and millions of people, guess what? Now you're in the hundreds of millions of dollars of savings for the healthcare system. Yep. It's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Next thing we're going to talk about is um, a little bit more COVID updates here, right? Um, CDC released something on the 22nd of July, and they basically said a person that had um, symptoms, the start of the symptoms or the time they were diagnosed with the, with the onset, as long as they don't have a fever within 24 hours, which is not being reduced by talent or anything, they could only quarantine for 10 days. So after 10 days, and this is more for hospitals, it's not technically to the public. We're still doing the whole 14 days, right? Mm-hmm. But in the hospitals, no symptoms. They're testing negative. 10 days afterwards, we could discontinue the airborne precautions. Um, food for thought maybe for you guys too, if you guys could maybe um, quarantine for only 10 days instead of 14. But don't quote us on that because I don't want to get locked up. <laughs> I don't. And you know, yeah. Lori Lightweight over here is going to lock lock us up, you know, for yeah. complaining about the statue. But the, um, the doctor, his name is William... Um, Schaffner from infectious disease. He's the basically the one that said for the average immunocompetent person, they feel confident that 10 days is enough 
to um to quarantine for. Yeah, and some more good news. If you want to call it good news, there's a potential vaccine gonna hopefully gonna be here by sometime in 2021, beginning of 2021 by um, Moderna. They began phase three trials yeah. today. And that's the last phase before it goes into like effect in the public, right? Yeah. So July 27th, which is the day we're actually recording, um, they have 30,000 participants and they're going to tr- start human trials. Mm. So we'll see how that works. And they made a claim that they're on track to producing 500 million doses and possibly up to 1 billion next year, mm. beginning of 2021. I'm not a huge proponent of getting the COVID vaccine. I feel like it's probably going to be mandatory the way they're blowing this out of proportion. Yeah, it's for sure going to be mandatory for healthcare people, for sure. Yeah, we can and protest we'll this, also man. be the guinea pigs of, of this as well, I'm sure. Yeah, we're going to be the guinea pigs. Because 30K participants isn't, isn't that big, and I guess what, 30K do well doesn't necessarily mean that you know 500 million are, are going to do well. 329 million in America, right? Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So you know we'll see. And like I said, has healthcare, you know, people that work in healthcare, we're going to need the vaccine because we see so much people a day. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I don't completely agree with that. It is what it is. If I could, I would organize organize all these cup owners and listeners to go protest the damn vaccine. <laughs> but that's just my personal view. But yeah. will I take it? I mean, I got to take the flu vaccine. I don't like it either. But part of life, man. It is what it is. That's the matrix, man. I'm forced into the system that I have to abide by. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can think about you, it. You can move if you want to, man. You could go to a different country. You go to Puerto Rico, no no property taxes or no income tax, uh-huh. but you don't get the same rights as a U.S. citizen. So you can't vote or anything like that. Interesting. I actually yeah. registered to vote. I So when I went to get my license today or to do my license, uh, she asked me if I'm registered to vote, and she said I'm registered. Good, man. So Good I don't – maybe I was hammered one day and just registered without knowing it or someone's going to vote in my name. So, yeah, we'll see what's going to happen with that. Yeah, it's a good wrap-up, man. What, what, else, what else is new? What else is new? Well, we got the anti study guide coming out. And we're going to throw some courses in there as well for you guys, for your new students out there. It's coming soon. I know we've been saying it for like the past, like, I feel like six months, but it's, we want to make it good. We want to make it, we want to make, we want to have a good bang for the buck, you know? It's, it's going to be top quality. And we're actually starting to record, let's give them a specific date, July 28th on a Tuesday. We're going to start officially recording a 180 page document that we have set mm-hmm. up. So once we get that all on film, We'll have it ready to launch, man. Yeah. yeah, that's about it. That's about it, guys. Thank you for supporting. Keep on listening. Keep on sharing this with your fam, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever you want to do, your Grandma. husbands. Shout out to the people that tell us they watch this with their husbands or wives. It's mm-hmm. freaking awesome. Kind of hypes me up. And all these little comments and support that you guys do, we really appreciate it. So yeah. Shout out to the haters, too. Shout out to the haters you that don't like us. You guys still listening and watching. Hype yourself, guys. Later.